Five. <laughs> we are on. Thank you for the introduction, whoever that was. Consensual. <laughs> we are here with the real and the gritty Belle Danielle. And today we have the beautiful Liv. And she is from Glow Wild and Well. She runs a 12 week program that supports women who go through ups and downs in weight loss and struggles. She focuses on helping them through root causes of emotional eating, nurtures women through body image and anxiety, which is absolutely amazing. Um, I met, I, Danielle, met Liv on the first gym that I worked at at Crunch Fitness. Good old days. Welcome, Liv. It was a whole journey back. Hey, girls. This is so cool. <laughs> thanks so much. You guys are just absolutely killing it. Like, you're doing amazing things. So thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Touche. Um, haven't we all just evolved <laughs> since those days? <sighs> like, sometimes I just have to do this because I'm just like, oh, really so let go. Like, it's just so much stuff you know, that can, that you can just experience on, on your journey. And, mm. um, and we definitely, we're, we're in it together. We definitely grew out of feelings, really similar feelings and emotions and went on a very similar journey, Dan. And I think the gym environment really instigated that for us. hundred percent. That's why we're sitting here right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Belle, um, you haven't met Liv before, but we were talking before this and they live, yes. at, they actually live quite close together. Really yeah, cool. sorry, Belle. I'm just pretend like since you're Dan's best friend, like I just feel <laughs> like I already know you. So I'm just like, you're an extension of Dan in a way. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Like, Dan, and I always, Dan and I always talk about how when you meet people through the people you're already close with, you tend to just connect really well. <laughs> yeah, and I've been following um, Fit for, you know, since you guys, since day dot. So, um, yeah, always being supportive of you guys. So, so definitely, definitely what, feel like I know you. <laughs> major, what made you go online, Liv? Um, I, to be honest, I think at the time I really wanted, I really liked the idea of meeting women anywhere. Mm. I didn't want to just be kind of within Melbourne. Um, and I just loved the online space. I'd always been on Instagram since god for, i've been on instagram for like 11 years now since it first started yeah when like food pictures were like really trending you know like tasty and that like that was like when i kind of really loved instagram so i think i just i've always loved photography i've always loved social media it's always felt really safe for me i've always loved sharing my truths on the social space and mm. i think going online just fit for me there yeah Mm. yeah how about you guys well looking at you sorry you do seem so authentic and raw and comfortable in that online space and it's really beautiful to watch and see oh thanks well like to be honest it doesn't feel comfortable for me at all sometimes but I think that's why I like it Mm. I like that I don't feel I I will write a caption and know this is how I feel, but simultaneously mm. I will feel uncomfortable with it. Vulnerable. Um, yeah. Vulnerable. Extremely. Yeah. yeah, extremely vulnerable. Um, and I think that's part being part of my whole, you know, a part of my healing process actually is getting those parts of myself that like maybe I'm not supposed to be sharing or not that they're not the most popular things to be talking about mm. and talking about them and then, you know, I do question myself. I do have to tell myself it's okay. Like, you know, don't, don't delete it. You know, like that happens to me. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's who I am and I'm going to keep going with it and just keep doing me. How empowering is it to tell your truth though, even though it's so scary because we sort of are wired to hold our truth back from a young age or not to feel those things or we shouldn't talk about it or it's for the private clothes behind doors or do you know what I mean there's always shame guilt that we've nearly been taught from a young age about our true feelings and when you start owning that it 
it, it is scary, but it's also that sense of empowerment and you're opening up conversations for other people and you're helping them and sharing your experience really does connect you to so many other people on this earth that you wouldn't necessarily connect to otherwise. No. That's the cool thing about it. That brings closeness too. I think the struggle we have now is that everything else can be so far away. It's external. We can click on things and we don't actually get that connection as such. So it's so important to actually open up and share or people don't know what's going on. Like we can't read your mind. Um, I know from Dan and I's experience in the past as well, we both did sport where we were basically told to not show emotion yeah on the outside and Mm -hmm. like now that's been really different for me like to try and actually share that with people who aren't necessarily my close beings like my family or my really close friends to actually share online has been something that I've struggled with like Dan has been my biggest supporter just go on there and write whatever you want and just blurt it out on that day (laughs) sometimes I'm like oh 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 oh." and I like second guess it or read it or like you said kind of feel like I want to take it down and then other days I put it out there and I'm like wow I'm so proud of myself for doing that Mm. absolutely and I think it yeah it doesn't always feel good um but I also feel like in the in the wellness space although it's absolutely incredible like how many resources we have and how great it is that we each have our own experience because there is another person who is having a similar experience to you. Every time a health coach speaks their truth, someone else feels comfortable to say, hey, I'm having that experience too, which is really, you know, the ultimate healing power in terms of mental health and, Mm -hmm. you know, helping each other with our mental health. But I also think as well there is a really huge part of wellness, which is feeling like you have to be, the advocate all the time Mm. feeling like you have to be the one that's portraying your lifestyle to feel incredible and ethereal and you know just relaxed and although it may be for that person you know I think even the rawest amount of honesty can really make people feel connected Mm. yeah there's always that push-pull that we talk about that you know, it's good in one way and then there's always an opposite pull in the direction as well. So it's like, you know, that, oh, I love connecting with other people, but I also want to be off the grid. See you later. I need time. And all of that, trying to find somewhat of a balance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't tell you how many times I'm just like, I'm getting off social media. <laughs> I'm deleting all of my social media. Like that is just sometimes how how it is. But, you know, like I I sent an email this week out about metacognition and how we have feelings about feelings and we can have two emotions that are opposite simultaneously. Um, And both of them are okay and both of them are acceptable. We don't have to be all one thing or all another thing. Yes. We talk about that with um, some of our mentors a lot. Yes. We've all got like that darkness and lightness that I seen in a post of yours, Liv, that you're talking about the other days, which is exactly what you're talking about now. And you can nurture both. You can. It's like you. It's like I recently, oh, a couple of months back, talk about like being the good girl and then be also being like the sexy goddess and expressing yourself and you know um (laughs) celebrating that every day so you don't then get caught up of like I've been the good girl for like a whole month and now I just want to go out and party and get drunk and throw all my morals away and all of those things and you wake up feeling the next day like oh actually that's not aligned with my values but really you just wanted to celebrate that that side of you and that's totally fine and we've had conversations with clients about this because it it really is that push pull that you sort of got to nurture (laughs) and so you're not I don't think in the gym space I had that push pull Dan Mm. when I worked in the when I no I'm sorry I don't I don't think I had that balance when I was in the gym space Mm. I think I was like personal trainer that was like on top of it all like six days a week yeah and then it would come to the weekend 
and I had nowhere to go. Mm. I had no empathy for myself. I had no compassion for myself. I didn't feel like I knew who I was. I felt like I had to express myself in like this really like kind of outrageous way. I had so much energy inside of me that I just didn't know where to put it um, because I I wasn't exactly giving myself room for everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of like an outer body experience, really. Like if you look back on it, it's like, hmm, was that me? Yeah, I was definitely <laughs> unconscious. Yeah. Like I was definitely unconscious to what, to, to, to a lot of what was going on um and like that's where I say I I you know I forgive I, I forgive myself yeah. I forgive what was happening um because that was what I needed anyway to push me along like I needed that anyway to, yes. to get me to this point and push me forward to say I need more for myself I you know I I'm unhappy here so and it's so necessary. I think we've probably all come into this industry and had a little bit of body dysmorphia at some point in our lives or within this industry, especially early on. For you, Liv, when did you recognize that happening or mm. um, pinpointed it or learned about it? And you're like, oh, hang on a second. Yeah, it, it wasn't until... Oh, it, it was like a, it's, it's, it feels like such a, it, oh, I, it feels like it's really just impairing your vision in every way, internally and externally. You can't see yourself, you can't feel yourself, you can't be yourself. I think the first time I probably nerd, I think I probably had body dysmorphia even when I was extremely overweight. Um, So I was really, really, really overweight in my teens and early 20s. But I think I was a lot more, um, I'm just accepting of what's happening rather than trying to change. Then when I did start to lose weight without properly thinking through the true core reasons as to why I was losing weight, when I started to lose weight for external what did that look like for you? Sorry to interrupt. So what did what did that moment feel like? So you're on your weight loss journey and you're not looking at the deeper layers. What does that look like on an everyday level? It is again like going from it's it working from impulses. Mm. It's making, it's taking actions not based upon true alignment, but from reactiveness and based upon what other people say to you, for instance. And a little bit of like forcing, do you feel? Like yeah, it was definitely effort. forceful. It was a direct effort to get skinny. And yeah. that invalidated myself as a person because mm. it just told myself that in the body that I had, I wasn't worthy. People didn't notice me. I was the girl that people thought was really funny but just stood in the back of my friends, but I was a real cheerleader for my girlfriends. Like, it's like yes, like, love you guys. What do you think for you guys? And I think that was kind of my way of saying, you know, I don't really care about myself and I just push that onto everybody else. And so when I started to lose the weight, um, I noticed and I started to put it online as well, which was even more toxic. Because at that time, no one was really displaying truths like that on Instagram when it first started. So I started posting pictures of my weight loss and people knew me as one person. And all of a sudden I was dressing really sexy. I was losing so much weight. I was getting comments and likes and people were saying, wow, you're doing such a good job. That was fueling me to feel like now I'm worthy. Validated. Exactly. Yeah. That was validating. And it was all from that external appearance and what they can see on the outside rather than what you were actually feeling as well on the inside. Yeah. Nobody knew that. I mean, I was confident as well, but I had always mm. been confident. Mm. But, you know, I lost some of the confidence in myself that was authentic. Now the confidence was I can put my body as a forefront to my confidence. Now I'm using my body as a tool for my confidence. Um, and I lost some of the personality side to myself that was really who I was. 
like I wasn't able to be playful anymore when I did lose the weight. When I was at a size eight, size 10, I no longer was able to be, to let my inner child be free, to have fun, let my ego down. My ego was running the show. I wasn't, you know, I think about times when I'm socialising with people and I was so nervous, so socially anxious, so paranoid of what people are thinking of me, my body, couldn't have fun, couldn't connect, couldn't be myself. And, you know, on the outside people think, oh, you know, she's being confident in her body. She doesn't want to, like, take her guard down. But that was never who I was. And, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things that has helped me now to stay grounded in my body now and not try and let those thoughts of you should be losing weight come up. It's the feeling of gaining connectedness back to my true roots of who I am, having that fun back, like feeling just that freedom and that inner that inner happiness that you know I didn't I didn't have when I was focused on just losing weight so that I could be happier in my body. And do you think at that point of when you were losing losing that weight and feeling your smallest, let's say, mm-hmm. your brand like your thought patterns were constantly a should, shouldn't, or like justifying your actions. Like with food or like with eating? Probably food, social occasions, like all of that. Um, well, Do you feel like your I, ego was taking uh, you to events? Like I really struggled with distorted eating after a while because I never really taught myself what balance meant for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just always, okay, you are just always watching what you eat. You are just always someone who is either binging or you're okay. And, like, I wouldn't even, at that point, I didn't even have battles with myself because I was so strict on what I was and was not eating. Um, But then there would be that time when a binge for me would have only been, you know, a few bits of toast and maybe a packet of crisps and an ice cream but that was it essentially was you know shouldn't have been classified a binge but in my mind I was so deep in a disordered or like just distorted eating behaviors that it was escalated <clears throat> it was so escalated mm. um and even in the gym when I was educated on nutrition and I was so educated on you know knowing how to count my calories and count my macros it you know, it was still part of the race to feel accepted as a personal trainer because there was still an inkling of that. Despite being an advocate still for, you know, body acceptance, Mm. because I did did love myself. I did love my body. And I wanted women to also love themselves. But being in that environment for me still made me almost feel fraudulent and I think that was some of the part of it was that I never could fully accept myself as a personal trainer because I never really got to the roots of feeling worthy enough to be there because it was had always felt like my body was what propelled me there Mm. it's very interesting isn't it Mm. yeah I suppose it's it's like those deep, deep layers, which we talk about all the time, are going to get you so much further if you can get into those within a safe environment. And let's be honest, like the gym isn't in a safe environment for a lot of people. I wish it was. I, I honestly wish it was, but it's just not. Mm. And it can be, don't get me wrong, it definitely can be. But there is a lot of anxiety and fear around gyms, especially with women. And for some reasons, they are very valid through experiences, through um, different energies, through comments, through things that have happened. And and it doesn't mean that every space is like that 100%, but there is a lot like that. I, I really feel like there's also something in the fact that women's psychology around these environments has not been nurtured 
Like we haven't been nurtured to feel good to go into the gym. And it's not, and I I think what I've actually come to realize as well, like getting to the point where I'm at now, where I can walk into any space and feel comfortable in myself, except filming things and things like this, because it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable because on a phone and screen and we aren't in person. So it does cause jitters for me, but in any space, I feel hundred percent comfortable being myself now because I've done so much work on those internal factors but I actually realize now that the spaces themselves, it's may not actually, it's not actually the people sometimes in there. It's the fact that we have been like conditioned in this way. Like society has made women feel these, these feelings that aren't invalid, like they're there. So it actually actually makes it worse because we can go into the space and not feel sure what how to feel there. We don't know if we're supposed to feel like the confident, sexy one or if we're supposed to feel like paranoid that people are watching us. Mm -hmm. So that's why like these conversations are so important and like the work that you guys are doing is so important and why, you know, the program that I'm doing is so important because we need to feel confident and happy within ourselves and have have that nurturing Mm -hmm now like teach ourselves that now and teach other women that now because that's not going to change women are going to grow and evolve quicker than what that is going to so we got to really like help each other to you know bring out those feelings within support talk about it hey I'm not feeling can you come with me all right and then build it's like a little building block it's like it doesn't things don't have to stay that way and say that you've felt that way once walking into the gym it doesn't mean that it has to be like that a second time yeah. absolutely and like I also feel like on another, another way to look at it is I like to just see things from many different perspectives like yeah. the gym actually isn't for everyone And I know that there is like, you know, functional training is incredible. Women need resistance training. Women need strength training. I'm not denying that. But what I'm saying is that we are all so different. To put weights in an artificial room with artificial lights and a collection of people that maybe aren't your people in in, in it to do something that's supposed to feel empowering, maybe that's just not for you. And that's something that I really focus on in a program, which is why I was really strong about bringing in a movement mentor, because it's all right to find exercise and movement that feels good for you in a space that feels good for you. How many gym memberships just go left untouched because we think that gym is the place that we have to go to do this. If it's good for you, like, and it makes you feel good, go. Don't force something that is mm. consistently trying to make you feel uncomfortable or making you feel uncomfortable. And I think also anyone who has body dysmorphia, anyone who has distorted eating behaviours, anyone who's highly anxious, don't go to the gym if it's triggering you because mm. you're just going to keep yourself stuck in that cycle. Look, you're going to walk out and think, I need to be losing more weight my God, that girl's making me uncomfortable. Like it's just like, it's kind of, you know, tormenting in a way. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's what we're so passionate about and why our brand is what it is, is it's like there is no right or wrong way. You don't have to have or be doing that exercise or that um, program in the gym. There is so much that you can do. And I love that you guys have got the Pilates hub now. Sorry, Belle. I think that's great. Like I always have in the back of my mind, like, and then you get on the mat with Belle and Dan. Like, I think it's fantastic because, you know, safe spaces at home to work out, is, it's incredible. Yes. But like we also say, you know, if you want to walk or you want to do yoga full time or you want to do a mixture, then that, so be it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to find your jam. And then if, you know, you fade out of that little cycle that you're in and you want to go into something else that's awesome as well like you don't have to choose and stay in strength training for the rest of your life and that be like the only thing um that's going to get you results or make you happy there's so many things that made us happy movement wise and continue to and it's like this like a little flow and if you're i was talking to my sister Sorry, Belle, I cut you off. Okay. I was talking to my sister this morning about you, Dan, about how you enjoy rock climbing because she said to me, I'm going to go bouldering today. And I said, oh, Dan, you're doing so a podcast cool. with, like, she loves bouldering, she loves rock climbing. Like, 
you know, that's that real, like, that's really using your body. Like, you know, getting into yeah. that, those kind of activities, that is like really where their experiences are at with movement. And I'm like totally on board with those kind of get out your comfort zone, get out there, go for a hike rock climb all that try these things that are so different than mm. you know what we're led to believe is supposed to be just about weight loss and it ble- really blends in that connection with the earth you know feeling your body in the earth movement strength like we haven't always had technology and these like houses to sit in with a perfect desk to do work at like we've been hunter gatherers before that like movement should be innate and it should feel good. And if you're constantly battling going to the gym, if you're constantly fighting yourself to do this exercise that you think you should be doing, it's just instigating all of these other issues to occur in your body, like inflammation, stress, anxiety, depression. Like you're literally creating more problems just because you feel like you should be doing it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it, it just also said it doesn't really set yourself up for sustainability. Mm. Um, mm. But I think there's, yeah, there's definitely like two, two sides to look at it. Like sometimes we have to push ourselves to do the things that feel uncomfortable. But, you know, there's also a side where you have to be compassionate with yourself and you have to be so empathetic with yourself as well. Mm. And that comes back to your why, like you mentioned earlier, like if you want to try something different, it's, it's learning to be okay with maybe not being really good at it at the start and enjoying that process and then pushing yourself yeah. through those little boundaries until you are like, this is my thing. Absolutely. And, you know, you can only do that sometimes when you want to break through and you like really want to intervene with what's happening. And that can take a really long time if you are focused on what you look like a lot Um, because, you know, if you find yourself turning around to someone and saying, what do you think of how I look? Do I look okay today? Do I look fat? Or, you know, questioning what you're looking like, I think that's a really big sign too to know that you you need to kind of try and break through those barriers of, you know, of feeling uncomfortable in your body. But I know that when I was definitely focused on my way, doing things that weren't in the plan didn't feel good for me. Um, And, yeah, like I was adventurous, but to a certain extent where like gym was definitely something that was like where I was going. Mm. So do you think that you shut down your adventurous, adventurous side then because it's not on the plan? Like this had to be done X, Y, Z, this is the plan. This is going to get me to this goal. So now my adventurous, natural adventurous side is gone because I'm trying to do this. Was well, that- I think I was a real extremist. Mm. Like um, everything I think had the roots I believe had the roots of wanting to be centered around weight loss. Like even if I was going for a hike, I think it was more about the steps and it was more about. Rather than look yeah, at that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I wasn't so grounded in my connectedness to everything around me. It was definitely had, had, a, had a purpose of feeling um, unauthentic in a way. Um, I don't think that I just had that spark or spirit inside of me that felt carefree. Mm. So Liv, say someone came to you and they had an eating disorder, where Mm. would you start them? Where, like, where would you start with someone like that? And I know that's very broad, like, that's a very broad question. Mm -hmm. And it's really individual for that person. But what do you think is some of the most important pillars within that space? Well, I am never a first point of call for anybody who has an eating disorder. Yeah, I yeah. always recommend, like, I, I really encourage working with women who have been through the health system already and have a healthcare system already and they haven't been able to find what they need. 
Um, you know, I encourage women who've had eating disorders to see slacks first to get the help that they need from doctors um, because I always say, like, I'm a guide and, you know, I'm a holistic counsellor and qualify as a counsellor, but I need those women to have already done a significant amount of work themselves before they decide to do my program. Um, because grow what you sow really requires you to have a different kind of patience and tolerance to um, being a little bit more open-minded about the approach that you're going to take. So having said that, um, any eating disorders and distorted eating behaviour can be really two different things. An eating disorder would be, you know, your diagnosed anorexia, um, bulimia, binge eating disorder, um, distorted eating patterns, I feel like there is a huge spectrum of distorted eating patterns that go unnoticed, unaccounted for in our system right now. So our system, like, you know, I love the system that we have for what it does. I've been a part of the system in my own journey in terms of the healthcare system. It's the healthcare system has saved my life. Here's not to say that the system has its flaws. And I think with within eating behaviours, Women don't get help because they don't think they fit the bill. They don't feel like they fit into somewhere where their behaviours are valid enough to be reaching out to somebody for help. And that's where so many women get stuck because every day they're struggling internally on their own and we now think it's normal. We now think it's okay. Mm. Um, and, you know, as you guys know, it's not okay. So that's really, I think, where where I fit in is that space, that gray space in between of all of those thoughts, feelings about eating behaviors that are individual and unique. So the first thing I would do if a woman came to me is um, talk to her, let her talk to me about her experience first. Really want to understand like um, her childhood. And I never relate anything back. I just mm -hmm. like to hear about people's experiences. I like to talk about their connections with their parents. Um, I like to hear about, you know, their fears and I like to understand what their biggest pain points and problems are in their lives. Usually the ones that they bring to the surface are just a mask for something that's going on. Bigger. More deep-rooted, exactly. Um, mm. And I think one of the main things is and the most common is women believe that their lives would be better if they were skinnier. But mm. that's, you know, we know that that's not the truth. So what's underneath that? Where, what happened and, you know, what happened on your life's journey that that became something you needed to make your controlling mechanism, that that was something, that was a belief you wanted to hold on to. Um, and there always is. There always is something, and that's that's where we start in so. So over the pro the twelve week program that I run, so is where we go. Okay, let's just talk about and observe what's happened to you, and and not really why. I think that's can, we can get stuck on why, but just like all right, that's happened. Then you went through this cycle. Then you tried this. That didn't work. How can we show love and compassion? To that experience and that's where we start we, we have to just project as much love to our past experiences as we can so that when we think about moving forward you know we we do get to release and let go so powerful that's a really beautiful summary of what we should be doing i think the trying to justify why or explain why is where a lot of people get stuck yeah Absolutely. And I think it doesn't really matter the why, like at the end of the day. Um, it just, because then, then you get too stuck in that past. Like, I don't really, it doesn't, it matters about what's happened, but at the end of the day, we need to also be thinking like, because what I also noticed is that a lot of women who are stuck in these cycles really struggle to actually feel prosperous about the future. Mm. They feel they feel quite, um, they, I feel like they don't feel quite courageous in feeling like they should be excited about the future to come. And that's what I really want them to focus on is that there is hope, there is amazing and exciting things happening for you in life. A lot of the stuff that happens 
um, because we wish that we could go back and change things. And I do as well. I, I, I can definitely say that. Why the fuck did I do that for? I actually don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. And I don't want to know because if I want to know, then I'm going to go sit in my bed under my covers and I'm going to feel depressed about it. Yeah. And I can't live my life that way. Like we have to live our lives in a way that we have compassion. And I think that is, you know, that is different for all of us, um, how we show each other, you know, how we show ourselves compassion and how we show each other compassion. But I think for myself and the way that I teach, compassion is just being a like a third eye observer to your behaviours. It's about being neutral. You have to be neutral when you think about your past. You have to be neutral when you think about yourself now, your present, if you want to change and you want to be loving towards yourself. You've got to see yourself like a friend that you love dearly and you're just welcoming her in and saying, it's all good, you know, that's happened, whatever's happening now, we've got this, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to show you love in the best way that I can and not being judgmental because we can observe and also be judgmental too. Non-judgmental awareness is something that I, yeah, that that's, that's the first step for me. Working in progress all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Especially with the non-judgmental, I feel like I struggle with that a lot, but it's like that in that awareness and subconscious and it's like it's never really goes away, but you like are fighting it, not necessarily fighting with it, but can recognize it to then come from a place of compassion and love and then move forward rather than sitting there in a judgmental way with myself and say that lasting for instead of lasting for one minute it lasts for a week Mm -hmm. so I don't believe as such that those thoughts don't then come back up again but it just gets shorter yeah there is not a day that goes by that a thought doesn't come into my head that I'm fat yeah there isn't a day that goes by every single day for me I will have at least one thought that is centered around thinking I'm fat, feeling fat, or thinking that I should be losing weight. And I teach this mm-hmm. process. Yeah. So, you know, it just exactly I, I completely understand what you're saying. Like it just goes to show like you you just it's the reactiveness to those thoughts, I think. Yeah. And seeing that they're there, like, okay, that thought is there. Mm. Does that thought require me? to take or irrational action right now mm-hmm. because of that thought. And you have to build thick skin. It is literally the meaning of thick skin. Yeah. yeah. Just not like not feeling like that is who you are right then and there. My belief system tells me one thing and my mind can tell me another thing. And the more I kick my heels down and say no like and not even no the more I just ground myself and Mm -hmm. know that the thoughts are there and I they've been there and I once used to react to them and I now don't have to it's like a surrender but it requires a lot of grit it is not easy Yes, and reaction can be in many different ways. We're talking about reacting like I would used to binge eat on food. I would react by going to the gym for two and a half hours. I would react by asking my partner, do I look good in this or chucking in tantrum getting dressed? Like there's, that's just some. <laughs> there's exactly. a lot of different exactly. ways. But being able to, we talk about this all the time, don't we, Belle? Is like sitting with your thoughts and feeling, feeling them, feeling them, and also just breathing through it. Is it sounds so simple? <laughs> breath now. It's like we all need a breath. <laughs> but it can be so empowering and amazing in many different ways working through what we all need to oh you literally feel so strong like you get stronger and stronger every single day but you also get tested and like some of my reactions I think they're good to mention because Mm -hmm. 
it's good to have aha moments if anyone's listening mm. and these things are happening to them. You know, it's like, am I being yeah. reactive there? Like um, skipping breakfast for me was a huge one. Yeah. But it was fasting. And I think that that's also another thing that gets really confusing. We have so much information. So for me, reactiveness was I ate a lot last night. This morning I'm going to fast. Now, that can be deemed by a lot of people as, okay, it's good she's watching her calories. Is it though, right? Because I'm also just validating that by I'm not cycle. eating. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Like you just, you just, you're literally staying in there, but you're dressing it up now because it's what we do now and you're changing the way that it looks and we can do that a lot. Um, other reactions. Yes, yeah, but, but like, I think this is a really big, problem we should talk about in this industry it's like there's so much research on fasting and how it can be good for you and x y and z so then that toxic cycle that you're just talking about now can be dressed up and mm-hmm. it's like i'm fasting it's really good for me there's this uh, like my friends doing it and there's these studies but no it isn't good for you what's going on with you individually right now it's fueling a toxic cycle that's going to lead to destruction for you and this is where you sort of got to look from the outside, like you were talking about before, at a neutral point of view and actually get deeper. And, you know, the, the crazy thing is, is that um, I can't believe that I actually have to teach some of these things. Now, like in stage three of our program, I have to go back and teach women how to eat three meals a day. Just yes. a blank and simple principle. And you wouldn't believe how much resistance there can be to go and eat three meals a day with yes. a couple of snacks. We know. And we know. <laughs> we talk about this as well. It's like really trying to shift that mindset from like, why are you choosing to deplete your body of exactly. love, of nutrients, of energy? Like you're trying to feel better, but you're making yourself feel worse. And then you have to battle with that all the mental thoughts that go with that. So you're actually making it a hundred times harder. It's the conditioning of society though. It's like, we can answer that question as coaches. We could rattle off a million things right now of the whys to (laughs) just some of the reasons. And then it becomes individual, but it's like the conditioning behind the industry, society from when we're little go that way. Mm. Depletion, turn on the news, they'll tell you something's bad for you. It's everywhere. And then it's good for you. And then it's. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, exactly. It makes you so angry. But I think at the same time, you just also want people to be in their power and to be like, all right. And I think as well, like it comes to a point where you can. Some so you got to let people get there for themselves, mm. and I only realized that for myself because I had people around me who loved and supported me and wanted to tell me otherwise, but I had to really go through that myself and get get to the point of realizing, you know, realizing all of this on my own. Um, which I think is why it's so beneficial to have guides, have people who can usher you along and try and show you the way Um, because we know that when people have the information in front of them, they still don't want to believe it. And when people have facts there, they still don't trust. They they still don't don't trust what they're seeing and they they still struggle with it. So that also has to be like this weird way that we get information out there. It's like, yeah and I think something that we're really passionate about is not like being open to doing things different ways for different people and being more of an observer of the information out there and taking parts of each thing that you need rather than being like oh that's the way oh now we're going this way and it's a constant zigzag um Mm. Dan's quite good at this (laughs) just kind of looking from the outside in and working out like Am I, am I jumping on board one side or am I kind of taking a little bit of that because I believe that part of it and that and creating my own belief system for what my body needs and what my mental health needs? Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And I think that's um, 
if we all had that perception of I'm not going to believe anything, I'm only going to believe what is right for me, then there wouldn't be so much confusion because everything would be relevant to everyone. Mm. I, like it's, it's coming back to self-trust and I think it's a huge, mm. huge little pillar that is in the middle of this is can you trust yourself to know what food to eat by just feeling your body and mm. can you go into your body enough to know what you want to do that morning for yourself and what's going to give back to your health? Can you try and build that self-trust with yourself rather than always seeking validation from the outside and other coaches and information? And can we go back to our intuition? Mm, it's really hard. Yeah, like I still struggle with yeah. self-trust. Like I still, after like seven years of, you know, education and learning and knowing that I sh- should feel validated and should trust myself I still notice myself wanting more, thinking I need to know more, thinking I need to ask others, thinking I need to have different mentors or coaches. Like I still feel myself doing that and it, you know, it, it is work to get yourself to the point where you go, no, actually I can trust who I am. I can trust what I need. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh and then what are like obviously that's a few things but what's something that your audience or I know this is hard because you are so open doesn't actually know about you or wouldn't know about you what's something interesting um oh it's very hard because I really do share most of the things that I feel uncomfortable about myself I share, but I think the biggest thing would be that I really, um, I think I really do question myself a lot. I really do get nervous. Um, I really have all of those feelings of uncertainty. Um, You know, yeah, I, I think that sometimes it's easy to feel like because you have those emotions and feelings that you shouldn't be, you know, where you're at. Like even as a holistic mental health guide, I feel like you struggle with feeling like you can be two things. I can be an anxious person in my life Mm -hmm. and also I can be an advocate for holistic mental health and, I can, you know, feel uncomfortable and not feel like I'm in my power at times, but also be able to show up in my work. Um, And, you know, I also have people in my life who mentor me and guide me. And that's something that, you know, I also need. Um, Do you think that's a lot to do with, um, it could be a little bit to do with, pushing yourself constantly out of your comfort zone? What, to have to, to feel like I'm working with other people? No, to like those anxious feelings that come up at, or like that vulnerability, you know, you're this person but you're also that person but it's like it could be the outcome of you pushing yourself just that little bit further. Oh, definitely. Like Absolutely. this podcast. Or- oh, yeah. Before this podcast I was... I went for a walk down the street, like, you know, was having a chat to myself, jumping up and down, shaking out my nerves, putting my favourite song on. Like, it's not something that just comes natural for me. It doesn't at all. Mm. Um, But I think when you see a finished product on the Mm. screen and you see someone post a video that's edited, you see somebody post a photo that they've thought out with the caption, it can seem like that is an easy thing to do. But... To be honest, content creation for me is not easy. Showing up on my Instagram stories is not easy. It requires a lot of work. And, you know, feeling like you can't watch your stories back, feeling like you can't hear your own voice. Like, Mm. for me, I had to sit and listen and watch my own videos as a way of telling myself it's okay. I'm worthy. 
Exactly. Like you are allowed to speak your truths. Like you are allowed to to help people. And, you know, I think that's probably something that doesn't get spoken about a lot um, is all, all of that confusion as, as a mentor, and as a guide that you can also go through and experience um, because we're supposed to be experts. And maybe experts aren't supposed to be on a pedestal and they're just supposed to be praised all the time and they're not supposed to be seen as people who have their own vulnerabilities and experiences. Maybe that's right for other coaches, but for me, that's never where I've come from because I started out with my vulnerability right there in front of people. So, you know, it's um, it has it's it's good and bad, but you know, that's me. That's my truth. The women who like to hear the honesty, they get drawn to what I'm doing because they can connect, they can relate, they want to know that they're being felt, not just from like you know, uh, um, an advice point of view either, like not just from like a scientific point or a study point, like it's definitely from an authentic place of, hey, like all cards off the table, let's not think that we are, you know, you know, it's just we're just all equal and we're here. And I think that's part of the reason why I had so many issues pivoting my business because I pivoted my business three times I went from personal trainer to online wellness club to lifestyle coach because I was struggling so hard with the identity. I didn't want women to come to me and think that I was going to fix their problems. I didn't want them to come to me and for me to help to, to be their guru, a guru. I didn't, I didn't want to be that. As a trainer, I felt like women were coming to the sessions and I would sit with them for half an hour and mentor them on a holistic well-being point standpoint, mental health standpoint. And then I wouldn't see them for six days, not know what they were up to for six days, didn't know if anything was, you know, in their lives or being implemented. And then I felt like they were coming back to the session and they were relying on the session to give them that boost of confidence. And I hated that. I hated that women wanted to come to the personal training session so they could leave feeling elevated. For some reason, it just didn't sit right with me because I felt responsible for the rest of time that they weren't consciously taking time to look within. And then I pivoted away from personal training because it just didn't align in that way. I came into the online space and I really struggled to find my feet because I was not ready for an online business. I didn't have any structure. I didn't know what I was doing. I was basically just doing what I had known without really thinking things through. And I, again, didn't want to be a coach. I didn't want to fix people's health. That's not what I wanted to do. I needed people, I needed the women I was working with to find, be their own falsehoods, to be able to understand what was happening within. And it's taken me you know, three years to build the program that I have now in Grow What You Sow, which just made so much sense because it was not about me saying, I'm your counsellor, I'm going to fix you, I'm going to come to the session every week and I will help you. It wasn't about that. It was about women being able to understand for themselves what their experiences have been, what has happened to them, using that as a way of, growing through that like learning the education some of the some of the other things that maybe have been missing but I didn't take I didn't take responsibility for them anymore and one of my important things that I say to women is like you have to come to this program with the idea that you are ready to be responsible for yourself I'm going to be here to guide you. I'm going to open the path for you. I'm going to come along with nuggets of information that you didn't know. I'm going to connect some of the dots that maybe you wouldn't be able to do. You're going to have a few aha moments because you need that conversion of conversation. Yeah. But in no way am I going to be here and I'm going to be telling you, hit your plan. Yes. I think this resonates a lot <laughs> um, with where we're at with our business. Yeah, and I think it's so powerful that there's two of you as well, like working mm-hmm. together. It's even more so. It's just so much connectedness there, and you probably both had that similar experience too. Oh, very much so. But the main points, Liv, uh, is that rocking up to a session mm. is 
the tiniest dot of what is actually <laughs> the tiny the tiniest dot of what is actually what is actually going on with a individual client woman and that is exactly why we started our online and pivoted online covid pushed us for sure yeah um however it's the fact that we do need to sit down and we need to chat exactly and the exercise like you know having a really good workout for 50 minutes isn't getting any of that done it does not solve it doesn't it it, it gives you endorphins which is like a hit of like and like you can do that by going on your phone and getting hit of dopamine don't recommend that (laughs) i'm just saying like Two, two, right? It yeah. isn't doing the personal work that we all need to do to better our health in the long run and also sustain it. Mm. That's where the big disconnect is mm-hmm. and the understanding as well because without it, you cannot get, you, you can't, like you don't feel comfortable in your skin and all this other stuff pops up and and it keeps reoccurring. Mm-hmm. And that's why we do see the cycle of people putting away, putting it back on, not feeling happy, getting to that place, not feeling happy anyway. And it's it, and yeah. also just not, not seeing like the small wins along the way too. Yeah. They're so oblivious to the actual, like their work that they've done really well in that process. I think that's a huge, uh, like, I think I even struggle to do that as well. But yeah, like, I, I struggle to say to myself, like, well, there's no reason you, there actually is no reason why you should be feeling as invalidated as you do right now, judging off all of the great wins that you've had. And I think we do struggle to, to notice those definitely. And I, even my clients, like the first thing I say to them is I'm so proud of you. Hmm. I don't know anything about you, but the fact that you've gotten here, like I'm just so proud of all of the experiences that you've had and like I love that you also mentioned the sustainability factors in because like it, exactly like it just goes full circle. The reason why it's not sustainable is because the beliefs about what you're doing, yeah. why you're doing it in the first place haven't been addressed. Mm. Yeah. They're not aligned. Mm. And if we talk about, you know, coming back to our feminine energy mm. within all of this, I was just about to say, you guys are so great and this conversation is so great and I'm just enjoying myself. But thanks so much again for having me on. You guys are just absolutely radiant and beautiful. Touche. <laughs> no, we are so excited. Belle was just like yesterday. She's like, I'm so excited to talk to Liv. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I, I was too. Like, I was really nervous and jittery. It's so great. Like, I think we just, just when women come together and we start speaking about shit, it's just like, fuck yes. Like, I mm. just love it. It's so good. It's so, it fills me up. It fills my cup up. I think, I think like... You go, Val. You go. I was going to say it's so important um, to share that it isn't always comfortable for us either. And just because someone from the outside may think that, oh, you're really good at turning up and training four times a week and you're really good at eating X, Y, Z. And like, it's really hard for me. It's, It's not easy for us just because that's our business and that's our, like, we've been doing this as our life and now you're coaching people through your business. It's still us showing up for ourselves every single day learning for ourselves every single day and I have moments very lots of them actually but (laughs) where the outside world would have no idea that today was a hard day like getting out of bed to go exercise was a hard day because it just seems like that's like you're lucky (laughs) and I hate that word but people use that word often Mm. And I think I, that's right. Oh, sorry, Dan, you go. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, no, I hate to cut you off. Sorry. Go. I think like, you know, between all of us, what is really important here is that there is that support for women mm. to feel safe and nurtured and cared for without it having to always be about losing weight or a certain outcome. It's like hearing your journey in a safe environment and having like-minded people that can help you through what you're going through rather than the opposite. 
Yeah. Because a lot of the time you see, okay, just do this. That's it. That's the plan. This is going to get you count your calories. Off you go. See you later. Mm -hmm. All right. Did you work hard enough in the gym this week? No. Okay. Why not? That kind of very masculine approach. Mm -hmm. And, you know, coming from disordered eating, I I don't count calories and have not. Mm. Period. No. If someone tells me to, I will run the other way and be the biggest rebel. Mm. And that rebel personality of mine will show up and I'll be like, middle finger. Here Actually, you go. I think I think so Dan was like, I'm gonna try. And like after literally like five days, she's like, I haven't done it one day. <laughs> I'm like, but why but why and then and then it was just a really good lesson though I think as well just to stick to the truth stick to the truth of you know how I see health how we see health how I love that you say stick to the truth because it's your truth right like this is your truth and there's no point trying to try and do something that hasn't felt like it works for you um and it but it can be really tricky as well because some people don't know what they're how much to eat. They no. don't know really what they want to be eating. And I struggled with that too, actually, in my identity as a coach because I was like really wanted to help women to be able to take control of what they were eating. And for a while I felt like I had to teach the calories side of things. So I I moved through how can I how can I help people with their portions without teaching them this information and making them feel like they have to learn something that doesn't feel natural for them and then I just went back to like the standard portion size type thing like what you know Pound size. A day, yeah. this handful yeah. like yeah. that just sounds seemed so much um I just seemed so much more honest in my in my approach of how I wanted women to to feel about what they were eating. Um, and you know, I think even certain things like capfuls and thumb sizes and teaspoons, like these are forms of measurement that are easily inaccessible that we can teach um, that are you know that are just as effective um, without you know, getting hung up on the total calories. Um, I think macros are super, super important. I love teaching about just why we need different macronutrients and nutrients themselves, which is where we need to focus more on. Like, yes. te- like teach about nutrients. 100% agree with that. <laughs> it's all the same. Um, yeah, it's just that people, when you work with us and yourself live, it's like that's what you would learn, but it's not necessarily what they know right now. Mm-hmm. And opening this conversation is exactly what we need because you will have coaches being like, you do need to count calories. That is the only way. It isn't the only way. I'm sorry because I'm living proof of it. <laughs> and you can be okay without going into a bodybuilding approach. Mm. And to be fair, I didn't, I, I, I lost all of weight without even counting calories. Yes. I just mm. was eating a little less than I usually would have. But what does that take, Liv? That takes you to connect to your body, doesn't it? Mm. In some Absolutely. sort of way. And it also just takes that internal switch that says, okay, I'm going to do things differently now. Um, but like again, we different doing different things really. I think in the last year, if you have been stuck in a negative cycle of behavior, you can feel really stagnant because you are now feeling more comfortable being alone, feeling closed off, feeling isolated from other people, and to do something different than what you have now. Even more so, I feel even more difficult um, because there doesn't seem to be that much, I feel, need, desire or urgency to do so. You felt like that out of ISO, didn't you, Belle? Just oh, yeah. yeah. That's what she's talking about, like, you know, being isolated, connect. connecting, for sure. 
Okay. And that's why when I jumped in this call bell, I was like, yes, we're friends. Because I was like, I just feel like as well, friendships, connectedness, community, it's felt like it hasn't expanded in the past year. I haven't been able to meet as many people as I've wanted to to gain women in my life who have similar interests to me mm. and when we reach a certain age as well our interests change we need to evolve with our communities and our friends and if we don't feel like we have the need of people around us who are encouraging us to make those difficult choices because they have you know we can feel even more alone and more trapped in how we're feeling which is why I think um going to go back to the program and I know that you guys have a community hub as well but you know having conversations between women who are having similar experiences is the ultimate healer and in our program we have Gloria who's our community support leader who just leads one class that is centered around women talking about what they what they're going through what's happening to them what's going on in them and there's a whole hour dedicated to that every fortnight and I felt like that was something that was missing from the accessibility standpoint of us living in homes and although we have Facebook, although we have groups, women aren't consciously putting themselves out there to say, hey, like if you, you know, this is a huge spectrum here, but if you're an alcoholic, what do you do? Like you go to an AA meeting most likely. Mm-hmm. With all these other issues, we aren't going, we aren't getting sent to community meetings. Like you're not going to your GP and saying, I'm having distorted eating behaviors. And he's saying, hey, there's a group of women or a group of people who are going through that. Let me send you there. And those things are proven to be helpful and powerful. Yeah. And that was really taken away from us in the past year as well, especially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to fix it in a close, in an even more isolated. Right. Exactly. Closed door. On your own. You can't. Who are you talking to? Your ego. And then the reactiveness just starts again. Yeah. That's a really good point. Amazing. Oh, oh no. Everyone take that in. These chats. These chats. Oh, my gosh. I love this. I'm sitting in, like, such a nice spot here as well. I'm just I'm feeling so grateful. I've got this sun on my face. It's so beautiful. So thank you guys so much. This has been such a great conversation. Anytime. Um, what is your Instagram handle, lovely lady? At Glory Wild and Well. Go follow everyone. Oh, thanks, guys. Thank you so much for having content. me on. We're yeah. So grateful to have you. And just so aligned. And, you know, mm. I think is like what I love about this is connecting with like-minded people and maybe they're not like-minded as well, but like-minded, Liv is like-minded and <laughs> just having beautiful, genuine, authentic conversations about real things. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, I'll probably hang up and be like, oh, what did I say? You're like, too intense. Like, oh my gosh, what are people going to think of that? Like, that's going to happen. But you know, like, I, it, that's just, that's just the way the mind works. So, um, yeah. Thank you guys so much. Honestly, it's been so nice. This has just been the best way to start my week. And I'm really, really grateful. So thank you. This is really cool. Lots of love, sister. Thank we'll you so you much, girls. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.